0: Today on the Unknown Packers podcast, the Bearded Duo returns for round two. Bryce and Jeremiah take us through a plethora of Packers topics as only they can. From MBS to Kitrick taylor injury returns and more, this has the making of a special season for the green and gold. Now it's time for the Bearded Duo sessions, round two. This is Green Bay. Thank you so much for following the Unknown Packers Podcast. Touchdown! Dagger Al Harris! 56 yards to a game-winning touchdown! Green Bay Packers! Running isn't everything, but it's the only thing. Green
1: and yellow, green and yellow, green
0: and yellow, green and yellow, green, yellow. Unknown Packers Podcast. Green and yellow,
1: and, yellow, and,
0: yellow, and let me tell you this, Green Bay is a great town and welcome to the Unknown Packers podcast, where I'm your co-host Bryce Christensen and I have alongside me Jeremiah Wayman, my brother from another mother, bearded duo sessions dose. How you doing, my brother from another mother?
1: It is good to be back, Bryce. Man, I missed you. Um, it's I missed only you been. Too. It's been. Oh, thank you, thank you. I missed you. <laughs> I missed your musk.
0: Oh, I missed your smell. <laughs> I missed, your, bo- is it, N- I missed your body. I missed your body. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Neebles is not gonna edit this out for sure. we and that's right. the episode we're gonna have. Uh is just um I I try to make Neebles as awkward as possible for our pregame episodes. And I like how I'm getting sweet, sweet redemption where uh you miss my body. And maybe it's not redemption, it's flattery. I'm thank you. I, I miss your body too. <laughs>
1: Well, it was actually nice to, uh, you know, we don't, even prior to podcasting and whatever else, we don't really watch a whole lot of Packer games together. That's true. You know, I'm sure our followers and listeners know that you have the affinity to watch it solo uh, in the presence of your, the comfort of your own home or, you know, where the, wherever that may be. I tend to be the more I need to be in a crowded room of uh, crazed Packer fans, and I feel like this weekend at company was a good medium between the two. So
0: I will agree. And uh, yeah, I addressed my agoraphobia and I went outside <laughs> and I interacted with society. And I, we went to uh, company brewing, which is located in river West. Uh, my wife used to work there and it's actually the first time uh, I've watched a game there. So I'll I'll be honest. uh, Emily, my wife, was like, "Hey, like, let's go out and uh, watch a game in in public." Like, and yeah, either it's in the comfort of my own home or it's at Lambeau Field. Are are usually the two only places that I want to watch a game. So yeah, I ventured out, got to watch a game with you, and what a game it was! And maybe maybe I'll maybe I'll venture out a little bit more. I guess I've always had this. I guess I've always been concerned or this worried that I'm gonna be around fans that. I'm like put farvin <laughs> or or they're just like yelling blitz the entire time, or they're like, God, Lafleur's like McCarthy, like, and <laughs> I, I guess that's like sometimes how I equate it to. And to be honest, it was uh, it was a really nice. It wasn't too rowdy, but big screen TV. We had we had some good friends around with us, uh, my wife as well, and we had QB one, your son Augie, in the building as well. But yeah, it was definitely fun to. Uh, yeah, I feel like we've we've seen each other more, talked to each other more in the last two weeks than we've ha- than we have in, like since our anniversary. I mean, we kind of addressed that a couple weeks ago, where the last time you were and I were on an episode was our anniversary, our two year anniversary, which was back in, in March. And uh, so I'm glad we're righting our wrongs and we're changing our ways and we're and we're talking Packers more. But give me, what are you feeling? I mean, six and one. Six and one. That's that's really all I have to say.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I'm excited, man. I think that the way that we've performed. And, you know, I was listening to some other. Uh, it was Ross Tucker, actually, on the uh, he was doing a guest spot on the fan. That, um, I can't remember when it was actually from, but he was talking about, you know, a bunch of other random subjects. But one of the main pieces that he brought up was and I think you got you and you and Maggie actually brought this up in your post game. And just about how, you know, necessarily, you know, when the defense is down, the offense picks it up. When the when the offense has been down, the uh, uh, the defense blocks it down. When yeah. you know both are maybe having a little some issues, J.K. Scott comes in for the the save. So I think that's the most um, amazing part of the season so far is that you know I mentioned that in our in our last Bearded Duo Sessions episode was you know, still maybe not necessarily seeing a complete game from the whole team from all three phases, but so far that doesn't matter. And I think there was another, I can't remember who was talking about it again. I think it was on the fan, but talking about being wary of the fact that, well, we we don't know who we are right now. We don't, we don't have an identity. And I'm like, well, what if the identity of this team is that we're just each piece just is there to kind of lift up the other. Do we need to be a well, you know, well, we need we need to know we can run the ball this many times, or we need to know we can throw the ball this many times, or you know, what, whatever McCarthy that is. McCarthy ball, exactly. You know, let's give it to Aaron Jones has to touch it exactly twenty two point five times. Right. I I don't think that, and at least that's not my mindset at this moment. I think I am just loving how we're how we're winning games, and that we're winning games is the biggest thing to me. I mean, six and one is six and one. That's the biggest, most important thing to me and And how we're doing it, like I said, just kind of backing backing each other up from right. an offensive defensive to special team standpoint is is just amazing to watch.
0: It's refreshing. I mean, it it we've we've seen some very disappointing football the last couple of years. Even last year, I mean, there was definitely a chance uh, that we could have been, not to say that undefeated. But when we were going up against the Rams and and the Patriots, we could have easily had one of the best records in the NFL. It just didn't go our way, especially you know in the Redskins game and uh, and the Vikings game as well. There were just a lot of things that just didn't go our way last year, and I think it all worked out for the better. But I like how you phrased it. I think that. Th- ultimately it's a team sport and i just like how the team's playing and they just seem to love each other they seem to have so much fun uh lafleur and rogers i mean you see that video where rogers goes i want five touchdowns and lafleur says uh that's the goal how about make it six give me six yeah yeah it's just and and sure enough and then like you know lafleur in his in the locker room after the win, saying even the old one ran it in, and like everyone rallying around Rodgers, and I, I think, it, I I've been, I mean at our anniversary, I I I told our audience that I think the Packers are going to win the Super Bowl, and I got all these looks, and granted, everyone that tunes in and everyone that's familiar with me knows it's like oh yeah that's typical Bryce, you know, but <laughs> I, <laughs> I just the more week in week out. I just I get more grounded in the fact that this is a special special team and I think it's going to be a special year and in training camp especially in preseason in the first couple of weeks I I talked about that week 7 week 8 is when we're really going to figure out this team and I and I was with you. I, I was hoping for a four-quarter culmination, both offense and defense. And maybe that's not realistic. Maybe, you know, only Bill Belichick is able to achieve that. And I'm okay with that. But uh, wins are wins, and the Raiders were no slouch. I think they were a, a sleepy three and two team with Jacobs and Waller, and I they had a very underrated defense, and Rodgers just completely shredded them without Devontae Adams. It you don't have Savage, and now Savage uh, practiced for the first time on Wednesday, so he was a full participant, so it looks like he'll be back for the Chiefs game. So that's a huge bonus, but we'll we'll have to wait and see with, with Devonta Adams. But I, I mentioned this to Maggie. Do you think quite possibly, it, is Darnell Savage the MVP of, of the defense?
1: Did I? When did I say that? I, I feel like I brought that up in our last episode, or maybe... Maybe I tweeted it out or something, but I think we're on the same page there because not that he, you know, necessarily is. I think the the Smiths are,
0: you know, yeah, definitely right. writing their, you know, <laughs>
1: names in that that part of the book. But I mean, you look what's happened since he's gone down as far as the run defense, you know, kind of gaping holes in the middle of the field. There, it's not out of the question. I think you mentioned it too in your uh, episode with Maggie it was Raven Green. I don't think that can be discounted by any. Or Maggie did, yeah. Sorry. Yep. No, sorry. I meant the proverbial. Oh we, yeah, you know. I see it
0: <laughs> in the episode. Yeah, Maggie talked, and honestly, I, I forgot about. I mean, shame on me. I just forgot about uh, Raven Green. To be to be completely honest, and I wonder what he would be doing. So that yeah, that was a great, that was a great uh, talking point that Maggie provided.
1: Well, I feel like he's been out so long. I mean, I yeah. when the it's only been you know a couple of weeks, but just maybe the as as fast as this season is kind of progressed and, and or, or as fast as the Packers have grown kind of before in our eyes on the offensive side. And, and like you said, um, seeing that happen with, you know, by week seven, by week eight, which you kind of predicted is pretty, it's pretty awesome. And especially like you said, in a, against the team that just the week before they throw, they beat the bears. Yeah. And, and, you know, the respect that I think we all have for the bear, especially the bears defense bears offense on the other hand is the whole nother story. But to, to, to take it to the Bears defense, uh, you know that's that's no slouch of a team. So yeah, to take it to the Raiders like we did, I was I was pretty excited. But I, I, but, uh, what? But, but what? But what? Yeah. But what? So you know, of course, we're six and one. We finished off the Raiders. Uh, Rogers has the best game of his career as far as pretty much pure stats wise. And then immediately, you know, Monday morning hits, and it's oh god, like. Why don't we have a Sanders? Yeah. Why don't we have Why don't we have uh uh Muhammad <laughs> Sanu? Why don't we have D- Corey Davis, you know, like what what are do, do these people just not have they not watched the game at all or I, I don't know what's 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 your feeling because I honestly and I think I saw somebody post that today was like can you select words on Twitter that <laughs> no don't show up and like <laughs> type in wide receiver for <laughs> yeah. for the Packers so for the next, like, at least, you know, when's the trade line deadline? Um, so for that, this at least week, couple of weeks, we can, like, not hear about it or something? Like, I don't know.
0: I, again, I, I, I we live in a negative society. I think it's easy to beat ourselves up or inflate ourselves. I'm going to get a little philosophical, maybe anthropologic, anthropological a little bit. But I I think it's just easy to be negative. And I think that we, like, I mean, even look at dating now. Like you can swipe left, swipe right. Nothing's good enough. Like everything is better. Augmentations, enhancements, quick diets, all this stuff. Like quick <laughs> fixes. And the thing that I, I, the thing that I keep thinking about with with these types of fans is that it's never good enough. So for me, I feel sorry. I, I feel sorry for the fans that have to be like that because. If you're reacting this way about the Green Bay Packers, who are six in one, and Nebels have fun editing that out, I I wonder what sound you're going to put in there. But (laughs) if it's the bearded duo sessions, we got to throw in there every now and again. (laughs) But what else are you negative about in your life? And so that's the thing that, and I don't, I'm not even going to, I'm not going to eat it up. I'm not going to, I mean, I was looking at it, I've seen it, and I, I just chuckle to myself because... Yes, we need a we need an inside linebacker. Granted, Blake Martinez just tackles everybody, but I would love to see a more well-rounded uh, middle linebacker that can cover. And maybe that's wishful thinking. Maybe that's the negative side in me. Um, yeah, I would love to have uh, another wide receiver, too. But come on, Sanders and Sanu, uh, Sanu's 29. Sanders is what, 30, 31? 31. And y- you want to give up draft picks where Gutekunst has actually hit home runs on? I, yeah. I just I I trust Brian Gutekunst. and the fact of the matter that we're six and one. We haven't made the playoffs in two years. Uh, we had Mike McCarthy. I mean, we granted there were some good years with McCarthy, but the last couple of years have been they were awful. Especially what you see with Lafleur now, brutal. And yeah. and if you go back to Rodgers and his post game or er, interviews last year, even the year before. I mean, year before he missed all, all of the season except of, out of two or three games in 2017. But last year, you talk about how enamored he was with the Rams, and you talk about how enamored he was with the Chiefs. 49 uh, He was a 49, uh, 49ers. He wanted to be stimulated. He wanted to be challenged. He wanted to be innovative, and that's what he's got right now with Lafleur. And so for me, I, yeah, uh, there's definitely things that I would like – I would like another D-lineman. I'd like a middle linebacker that is more well-rounded, that I thought Burks would be that guy, but he's still slowly inching back from his pectoral injury. I think Marcos Valdez-Scantling is that number two guy. I think Lazard can be a complimentary number three. I think Kumro is a complimentary number three or four. The guy is one of the more slicker route runners and embarrass. I mean, he essentially got Gary and Conley traded. After the game. That was awesome. Former first-round draft pick just gone after uh, walks on whitewater touchdown. Jesus just completely embarrassed him. (laughs) So, uh, for me, I will just say to the fans that, and I I doubt that maybe the the fans tune into the Unknown Packers podcast, but those types of fans, I mean, I, I think it'll never be good enough. And those types, those kinds of people, they exist and we live in a society where our society feels like we're not good enough. We need to work more, we need more money, we need all this. We're not the patriots, we're not undefeated. We 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 need we need a wide receiver. What, what it's like come on. Enjoy what you have because if you start looking around and and focusing on the positive, there's a ton of it out there. And I think there's so much positive positivity and wonderful special things that are happening with the Packers. So if yeah, for me, I'd love to see these fans talk more because it's free entertainment for me. I just sit back, eat my <laughs> eat my popcorn, and just go, man. What else are you bitching about?
1: Well, so uh, I love, yeah. I'm glad you're on the same kind of page as I am. And you mentioned, of um, course, I, yeah. missed <laughs> I missed
0: your body. I missed your musk. Of course, I'd be on the same page.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but you mentioned, um, you know, you mentioned you mentioned MVS as, as definitely being a number two wide receiver. Uh, I know you and Maggie both highlighted him as your you know, game balls or one of your game balls for the, for yep. the game on Sunday. Yep. I honestly, I think, maybe jumped the gun a little bit. I think I was um, expecting, not expecting maybe, but hoping for this kind of stuff out of him last season. Oh, and, as you know, a rookie. And as a rookie. I mean, yeah. but just, just completely based on his speed, um, what he can do, you know, taking the top off the defense. And if you look at what he's doing this year right now, already 21 catches 426 yards two touchdowns and 19.8 yards per catch so he's already blowing his last year's pace out of the water uh, last year you know total he only had 38 catches 581 for two touchdowns so already has equaled that touchdown level but the 19.8 yards per catch for me that that just jumps out and I was kind of like okay where does that where does that sit as far as uh you know in Packer's history? And so I dug back, dug up some stuff, went back through the the time. What'd you get, that old castle, boy? What'd you and... find, old boy?
0: <laughs> um, What'd you get? So... <laughs> so I, the, I don't know. That, that felt. We right. got some good stuff. <laughs> what you got there, boy? Let's go. <laughs> Give me the good. Give me the good stuff.
1: <laughs> but the best part was like, so the guys that you would maybe expect to be in that list, you know, the J- James Jones. was his best year. Jordy Nelson, 18.6 was his best year. Uh, Jennings at 17.4. Javon Walker through came in at 17.5 one year, but then you, you know, you have the guys, obviously James Lofton had uh, a couple of the best seasons as far as a Packer receiver goes. Um, I think uh, as also as far as an NFL receiver goes in, as far as uh, yards per catch, you know, 22.4 in 1983, 22 in 1984, and then you keep going, you know, back through the random years. Walter Stanley in nineteen eighty six. I don't know who the hell Walter Stanley is.
0: You don't know Walleye?
1: I don't know Walleye. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good old Wally?
1: Wally's I, the man. Yeah, uh, I guess I uh, gotta do some more research.
0: Oh yeah. But, <laughs> but Good dude. old Walleye. I didn't think you were gonna drop his name. I'm glad you did. And well, for the record, I had no idea who Walter Stanley is. Okay, too, but good. He is be, now Walter Walleye Stanley.
1: I was going to be very impressed. <laughs> do, you, do you know who Carol Dale was?
0: Yeah, I know. Okay, you, okay.
1: Because yeah. that, that was another one. I mean, he had some like 21.7, or 21.1, 23.7 in 1966. So, whatever, throwing all these stats out there. So, let's say MVS continues on this pace. That puts him in the top six of packers since 1966 as far as yards per catch
0: who's uh so jordy was the most recent with 17
1: no he, he he'll he eclipse jordy i'm saying the, no, the who's
0: the most recent one that had like those was it jordy
1: jordy was at 17 uh jordy at you know 2011
0: and 18.6 18.6 and that's the most that's the closest we've gotten to that kind of 20 range
1: Yes, um, but Dang. but before that, yeah, be, before that, it was James Lofton in uh, yeah eighty or actually it was Walter Stanley in nineteen eighty six. Good old walleye <laughs>
0: in eighty uh, six.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: man, yeah. Why don't I, we? You talk know, about I did about have that a,
1: guy? Uh, I did have a thirty five reception minimum. So there's a lot of random guys in there that yeah. you know Mike Moffitt had a twenty one point eight yard uh, per catch average uh, and <laughs> four four catches for eighty seven yards. Oh yeah. Who else we got here? Kitrick Taylor. Yeah. Kittrick Taylor, 31 and a half yards per catch, man. So. Oh yeah. Two I, catches well, though. It's only two catches.
0: KT, baby. KT. I mean, Packers lore. I mean, that's honestly what I want. We'll get back to your MVS, but what I want is to burr the child. I mean, scientifically impossible, but I would like to procreate <laughs> with my wife and I would like to have a, like, I, I my child to grow up and like catch a pass, get released the following week, but that pass be from like a future Hall of Famer and just be like, yeah, my son caught a football from a uh, walleye Stanley's son. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anyways, back to that's Kendrick Taylor. I mean, just it's funny, just a guy that, yeah, we, we, we cut him the following week, I believe that's that's hilarious and he's you'd name drop that with any serious packers fan and it's just like oh oh yeah of course i mean <laughs> th- that's just that's the legacy i'd like to live
1: that that would be pretty phenomenal i mean that'd be the guy that you walk in and he's got like the he's got his packer jersey hung up in his basement probably has that that one game on tape ready to go at at the drop of a hat you know those two plays that he had so yeah that'd be <laughs> And that could be kind of depressing, I guess, too, from a certain standpoint.
0: I mean, <laughs> so uh, where did Kitrick Taylor go to college? So
1: I'll Ooh. give
0: you—I'll give you a hint: West Coast.
1: Okay. P- Pac- big school, 12, small school. Pac- big. Big
0: school, Pac-12. Um.
1: Uh, go
0: and I'll, I'll do this. Actually, I'll, I'll I'll let you guess one, and then I'll give you a hint for if you don't get it.
1: Did he play with O.J. Simpson?
0: Uh, no, he did not play with O.J. Simpson, and we'll have to edit that out because the juice is not getting on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to figure out colleges, man. <laughs> do you know he's on Twitter? I mean, do you? Oh, yeah. I don't follow him. No, gosh. Oh, my gosh. But So this university has um, some correlation to Wisconsin Badgers basketball.
1: Oh, uh, Oregon State? No. Why did I say Oregon State?
0: Uh, because Gary Anderson went there, ex-Wisconsin Badger football coach, right?
1: Yes. Where am I thinking of? Uh, where did uh, Where did our boy uh, D- Dick Bennett coach?
0: Yeah, that's it. Washington State? Yep. Yeah. I was going to say that, or uh, was it Ryan Leaf was another one? Oh, yeah. yeah Drew Bledsoe, that. I think, is another guy from Washington State. Right? Yeah, the, the Cougars. Yep. The Cougars. Yeah. So Kittrick Taylor, I did not think we'd be talking about Kitrick Taylor where that's what we do here at the, the bearded duo sessions, but back to Marcos Velda Scantling and his epic start so far. Um, I'm actually really surprised that you thought, he, I mean, he, sh- he showed, he was showing some glimpses last year, especially that Rams game, that, that touchdown that he had with Aaron. I mean, I think it was like a 30, 40 yard touchdown, yep. which is a completely beautiful route. And you got to see his speed on display, but I mean, this is a guy that he got cleared to play essentially at the last second against the Raiders, and then what an ankle and knee injury! Yeah, and then it, yeah, I believe some. And then you you see blazing speed out of him. So I, yeah, I he's exciting. I I for me, I'd much I, yeah I'd like Sanu, I'd like Sanders, but I'm I don't want to give up any quality for that. I mean and that's what you have to do. But anyway, what was your uh what were you going to say about it, uh Marcos Veldez's scaling? Oh, I, no, I went on I'm a just, tangent on Kittrick no, Taylor. No, that's cool. <laughs>
1: Kittrick Taylor. I'm sorry I brought him up now. No. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's your fault, but actually I, I thank you for it because I forgot about his beautiful was it, 35-yard bomb. Let me go back real quick. I just know yeah.
1: he had two, 2 for 63, so whatever. Yeah, if you had a I mean that's 30, yeah, 30 35 and 20 Something? What is that?
0: Yep. 35 yard strike. How many seconds were remaining on the clock when Kitrick Taylor scored that touchdown? Four. Ooh. What's the unluckiest number in the world? (laughs) I don't know, man. 13. I mean, 13. 13. Yeah. Friday the 13th. Yeah. 13 seconds remaining.
1: Damn. (laughs) Anyway. How do you you know all this stuff, Bryce? Because
0: I uh, just Googled Kitrick Taylor and I'm looking at her. (laughs) I didn't think we were going to be talking about Kittrick Taylor. I just, and, uh, but speaking I, I of Kitrick Taylor. I just figured you
1: had all this stuff in your memory banks, man. You're just a living dictionary of Packers lore.
0: I should have. I mean, be, uh, like right behind a microphone, I could clearly have just been like, yeah, it came from all, what was it? Stump the Schwab? <laughs> was that, uh, that Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Man, that was a great TV show. I might I, have to go back and watch. I mean, I'm going to go back and look at Kittrick Taylor highlights and I'm gonna go watch Stump the Sh- Schwab on uh, on TV <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> if I can find it on YouTube <laughs> or something like that.
1: Oh, it's gotta be on uh, ESPN. Like they have some sort of archive. I don't know. But, yeah, I mean that's I, I, that was my biggest point about MVS. I think just being excited about having a guy that can take the top off like that of a defense. Because you know, as much as we obviously all love Devonte Adams, I mean, if Devonte Adams is more in that, you know, thirteen to fifteen kind of max as far as deep threat goes. I don't think he's ever been a deep, deep threat. I'm, I, he's phenomenal at what he does. But I think if you have the guy that's kind of bringing that safety deep downfield, opening up that middle range for Devontae Adams even more, oh, yeah. not, that he, not that he needs it, but I think that's just going to be huge once he comes back. But, I, you know, again, you know, I'm talking about Devontae Adams. The fact that we've won three games without him, I mean, that's just insane to think about.
0: It's a special team, I think. Again, like that's the that's the scary thing too. On top of it is, granted, maybe the whole four quarters um, of great football on both sides, maybe that won't happen, uh, which I'm fine with as long as they keep winning. But without Darnell Savage, who's missed the last two and a half games, Will Redman has like stepped in for him, and I mean, what? Looking at his stats right now, he's Savage has 18 tackles. Three pass breakups, one interception, one forced fumble in his first five games as a rookie. So I mean that's I, I, I put Maggie on the spot with some of my uh, creative hypotheticals, if you will. But I I look at Savage and that's the that's the scary part is this is Lafleur's rookie year. Yeah, I, know, I mean right? we're just getting we're and this is Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith's first year. Like this is a new team and I just I I. I'm trying to contain my excitement, but I think that's the thing that people are missing is that there's a lot of new... There's a lot of rookie. There's a lot of just, okay... And I listened to the fan too in the morning and <laughs> one guy that I won't name said that, oh, oh what happens when they start losing? And uh, winning cures everything. And normally I'd probably turn it off, but I had to listen to more. It's like that... It It's that just... I'm not going to make the analogy of something horrific happening, but just one of those things where you just... It's a. I know what you're thinking. I got it. <laughs> but I'm like, what? Are we really talking about the fact of how will this team be gritty enough to endure losses? We're really going to talk about that? Like, again, we're 6-1 and one, rookie head coach. I mean, what what's going to happen when he gets even more comfortable? And that's what you're seeing week in, week out. Marcos Valdes-Scantling being in his second year, uh, I just... There's a lot to be excited about, and I think Gudikunst is slowly—he's whittling away at the Ted Thompson guys. He's making it his roster, and you've got a roster full of uh, just this swagger, this moxie. And if you don't have that outspoken swagger, you play it. And so I—I I, I like the culmination of you got the Smiths and Zaire, and but Darnell Savage. I mean, outside of his speed, he's not a cocky guy. He kind of—he just does his thing, and I like that. Uh, y- yin and Yang, if you will.
1: Yeah, I think you can't have. A, I mean, if you had an entire defense of all Jair's or all you know Zedarius's, I don't. I don't necessarily think that works. I think then you're then you're talking about the. Yeah, who could I think of that you know maybe that you know you have that many personalities. The Redskins in a room. come to mind. What is maybe, it, like Deion yes. Sanders and like <laughs> Bruce Smith and yeah, yeah, or even uh, you know when the Eagles tried to have yeah. their dream team of camera, what year that was or.
0: Was that uh, Asamuga and like
1: yeah, uh, yeah As Asamo- I don't know how to say his last yeah, name Asamuga. And, yeah Asamuga yeah yep and Vic was there and yeah I think they brought in yeah. a couple other pieces on defense but you know it's I think that's the way you you balance that out by you you, you having guys like Darnell Savage um, having guys like Kenny Clark who to me is a pretty unspoken guy but still goes about his business and even with an injured leg or injured shin is still one of the best if not the best nose tackle in the game. Today and then you have you know like you're saying Darnell Savage Adrian Amos you know those unsung heroes Tremont Williams the the savvy veteran yeah. that keeps kind of making plays week to week on a random kind of very opportune basis though and so yeah you have the combination of the guys like that you know we talk about the offense kind of culminating or wanting to culminate into and you know being six and one and maybe some people what are, what happens when we lose we again. Like, we're, I think, just kind of week by week seeing these, the nuances or different things pop up that every week it seems scarier and scarier for opposing defenses. I mean, if, if you thought, you know, in week one, week seven, or, you know, against the Raiders, Rodgers would put up these kind of numbers that quick into a, a, a freshman year, per se, of a, a new offensive coordinator. I mean, I think every single Packer fan would have bought into that. One hundred percent, and for Absolutely. for there to be kind of doubters out there, even still with well, wide receiver, this and da 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 da, and I'll I'll, I'll be on board on the the linebacker one. I, I do think, you know, another another linebacker wouldn't hurt. Uh, I love Blake. I love Blake Martinez. I just think he's he's a great number two. I think I don't necessarily believe he's a a great number one. I think he's a, a good number one. But um, that's I think that's where I think maybe we could add another piece, but we'll see, you know, what comes what kind of shakes out here in the next. When did you say the uh, the trade deadline was? I, I forget.
0: This week, I believe.
1: OK, that makes sense. I guess if everything's kind of ramping up and getting crazy.
0: I'm just going to check it out real quick. Uh, it's uh, Tuesday, October 29th at oh, man. Uh, 4 yeah. p.m. Eastern Standard Time is the trade deadline. And all right, I'll. So it looks like Devontae Adams participated in a stretching period through his walkthrough practice on Wednesday. And so he was with the team for warmups before exiting the practice field to continue to his rehab indoors at the Don Hudson Center. And this is uh, at Packers Wire. So wanted to highlight that. Blake, Blake Martinez. So
1: can I just say uh, something, actually? I would yeah. hold. I mean, unless Devonte. Of course, is, you can
0: say something. I missed. Well, no, I just want to jump body. in.
1: I know you started to hit Blake, so I just wanted to catch you on the Devonte train there. Let's do it. I think that wholeheartedly, if unless he's a hundred percent, like a hundred hundred percent, I think you keep him out. You keep him out. I think this. Yep. That all I keep hearing about turf toe is is you know it sounds minuscule and maybe I think as a fan, I I honestly the first time I ever heard of turf toe, I was like, oh come on, what are these guys doing like. They can't even play with a, a stub toe or something. Like, that was my understanding of it. Right. But the more and more, you know, people unearth and talk about it, it sounds pretty, not necessarily terrible, but just hard to do what Devontae Adams does on, on that injury.
0: Well, and if you look at the injury that he sustained in that Thursday night game against the Philadelphia Eagles, it looked like he broke his foot. Like, the way he injured it, I thought he broke something. Like, I was like, oh. Bug. Here we go. There, there. I'm just gonna drop some more f bombs because Niebles is gonna <laughs> love the, the editing on that. But I, for me, I thought he, I thought he broke something. Whether it was a, a severe ankle sprain or he had some sort of foot break, but turf toe. I remember. Um, I think it was Deion Sanders who I, for those of you that don't know, is arguably probably. Uh, one of my favorite athletes of all time, which is, I know it's not right, but there's just something about prime time that gets me going. Prime time. But I remember him talking about turf toe, and, uh, I mean, essentially he said it was a mangled toe, the result of playing on – this, you know, artificial turf. And when I saw the injury to Devonte Adams, it everything kind of clicked for me then about turf toe. Like I knew it was serious, but I didn't know like, oh, so what Devonte Adams just experienced right there was a turf toe injury. I thought it was an actual little literal break. So oh, okay.
1: I, yeah, I mean, that could have been way worse, I guess then. Yeah.
0: I mean, it, maybe it's one of those things where a uh, breaking the ankle is better than a high ankle sprain because an ankle sprain you know you have to wait for the body to recover where you can break an ankle reset it and then have it you know have your progress or have your rehab from there so I don't know about that but I'm with you that I'd love to see Devonte Adams back there who wouldn't but I think what is this has got to boost the confidence of the Green Bay Packers where you're missing your stud MVP Devonte Adams possibly uh, and you're still figuring out ways to win whether it's Danny Vitale, Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, Alan Lazard is not making just these basket catches. He's making incredible catches where it just boggles my mind that he went undrafted.
1: I, I honestly confused, I think, in that catch that was that 40 yard ish. Yeah. Uh, near the goal line. I uh for a second I blacked out and I I could have sworn it was Odell Beckham Jr., honestly. The way he the way he went up for the grab came down like it just it was amazing I mean the physical the physical gifts showing off in that one play were just yeah like you said how do you go how do you go and draft it I mean I think I saw some people's you know as far as draft rankings he was in their top 100 and somehow you know whatever that's just people rank things different ways I mean obviously we've you know prepped for a few drafts ourselves and some guys slipped through the cracks and thankfully for that thankfully for the Packers uh, we were able to pick him up from the what Jacksonville Jaguars practice squad I believe
0: Right, yeah, he was an undrafted free agent. Uh, he signed in 2018, and then December 18th of 2018, the Packers signed Alan Lazard to their 53-man roster off of the Jaguars practice squad. And then, crazy enough, he was—he didn't make the original 53. He made my 53-man roster in July and in end of August, but he did not make the official 53-man roster. And I think Gutekun's got a gift that Lazard was able to sneak through waivers and then we were able to uh, sign him to the practice squad essentially the next day and then we promoted him to the active roster on September 4th, which is pretty crazy. So I guess the gamble worked out for Gutekunst, but I mean, Alan Lazard had a hell of a preseason too. And that's the thing that made me think, like if you're not going to keep him on your 53, someone saw the tape and is going to snatch him up. But maybe they are looking at his 40-yard dash. He ran a 4.55. Maybe they're thinking of that, but who wouldn't want a 6'5, 227 pound wide receiver with a 38 inch vertical? Like, sign me up. I mean, uh, talking about missing bodies, like,
1: uh, <laughs> like let's see more of Alan Lazard. So I. I'm sorry, I'm not 6'4 with 220 pounds, Bryce. That's, I apologize.
0: I want 6'5, I want Alan Lazard's size. <laughs> <laughs> but I. I th- I have been trying to ground myself more because I'm 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 excited about Alan Lazard. I'm excited about what we got to see out of Jake Kumerow. I'm excited about what we got to see out of Jimmy Graham. I think Jimmy Graham, granted, um, he I I wish would be a little bit more cutthroat in, uh, when it comes to hauling some passes. But granted, he he knows how to bounce back. He's buying into the Lafleur system of what it means to be a tight end. And I think that was one thing that really boggled my mind to start the, off the season was, what are you trying to do? Like, you know what you have in Jimmy Graham. Why are you having them in blocking scenarios? And there LeFleur does goes, well, I don't care who you are. You're going to buy into my system and you're going to learn how to-
1: Richard Forkin.
0: Block. And so- I just am all for swearing, obviously, for the bearded (laughs) duo session 2.0. Sorry,
1: Neebles.
0: (laughs) He's just going to have an aneurysm. He's just going to, I can't. And you know, the great thing is, I'm not even going to say anything. I'm just going to let him text (laughs) me the next day and be like, dude, what the heck? Like, how many did you drop? And for the record, I think I've dropped four. I was going to say
1: four or five. I think I, see, I had one last week and then I noticed it in the editing process when the the bleep showed up. And I was like, okay, well. Now I know that we can't do that or whatever.
0: Yeah. Oh, we can. Okay, he doesn't, okay, he doesn't okay. own us. <laughs> he may, he may make us sound sexy and he might have a very soothing, sexy tone, but he don't own us.
1: <laughs> oh man. So the other, you know, we talk about the receivers. I'm actually really excited and I'm, I haven't heard anything yet, whether or not he's playing or will be active, but Ryan grants, I think, <clears throat> you know, again, not that he's a, uh, you know, first level, all pro bowl star, like, uh, well, neither are Mohamed Sanu and Emmanuel Sanders necessarily, but um, you know he he had a couple. Uh, I'd say two two solid years in in Washington, um, in that similar system. Um, I think he actually Lafleur missed him by a season. I believe uh, Lafleur was gone by his rookie year by by yeah uh, by one season when I think it was at Notre Dame in uh, Ryan Grant's rookie year. But oh, really? To, okay. Yeah, because I I thought there was like a definite connection there, but went back and looked, and they literally uh, missed each other by one season.
0: weren't uh, they together in Washington though?
1: What What could have been? No, that's what I said. So I think oh, uh, I Notre Dame. Ro- yeah, Ryan Grant's rookie year was 2014, I think, or 2013, and, and that was... was the year that LaFleur was in uh, Notre Dame. No, okay. Was at Notre Dame for for that one season. Um, okay.
0: But, yeah. he... he uh... He was a healthy scratch, so it, was, it looked like just a coach's decision, which I think makes sense because Geronimo Allison and Marcos Velda Scantling were able to go, which I thought was a nice boost. Again, I. Eh, so, Ger- out of, so, out of yeah. the.
1: So, let's say, okay, um, best case scenario, uh, maybe not this week, because like we just said, you know, Devontae, get healthy, come back when you're ready. But when Devontae comes back, obviously, Devontae's your one, MBS number two. From there, what do you, you know, is it Lazard, Kumarow? Grant, and then our, you know, is Gmo and Shepherd the two guys, two the two odd guys out? Or, I mean, in my mind, that's what it is. I think. Uh, I, I mean, I love Gmo, but I think out of those, you know, five guys, I, I think those five guys would make it for me over Gmo. and definitely Shepherd. Shepherd has kind of played himself out of the out of that wide receiver depth chart to me, but which is
0: what... which is a quick contrast my friend because uh you oh, were, I know. you I were know. crowning him as Randall I Collins, know. which which is beautiful that's the other thing that i miss about you is uh some of these hot takes and I so yeah we we get we definitely have to uh watch more football games together because that's what i want because i remember darius cuz i was touting Lazard, and you were like no darius Shepard. <laughs> and i'm like what the heck man like this but i i, I think... like
1: i like those small slot receivers <laughs> man i guess i do it, I mean, that was at least he made the team uh, compared yeah. to my to, compared to my Monte Crockett prediction uh, a couple of years true. ago. So
0: and and he made the team, and my guy didn't. So there you go. You got you got that <laughs> yeah. as
1: well. So, uh, but now, but now, who looks like the star though? Versus, uh, yeah, I th-
0: I think it's gonna take some time with Shepard. I I mean, I think again, I think it speaks volumes to the Packers and how they think of Shepard and how he must have been practicing for them to. I mean, trade Trevor Davis away. And again, I, yes, I would like to have seen Trevor Davis in uh, punt return, kick return, but I truly believe that Gutekunst is he, he is eliminating all of Ted Thompson's guys. And so that, for me, makes me think that Geronimo Allison is on his way out. That, to me, makes me think that Blake Martinez doesn't get a contract extension. I think the only Ted Thompson guys, Devontae Adams, Rodgers, obviously – the the Williams and Jones guys, the running backs, Brian Balaga, Kenny Clark, uh, the usual suspects. But for me, uh, yeah, I Blake Martinez, the hustle, um, the the general, if you will, on on the field. Uh, I, he's an incredible, smart, incredibly smart and cerebral player. He was able to close in on David Carr when David Carr fumbled it out of the end zone. And that was a huge turnaround uh, at the end of the first half. So there are things that he does. I mean, he leads the NFL in, in tackles, but what I want people to focus on is that you can be a tackling machine and you can do those types of things, but you can't be a liability in other areas. And so that's, that's my takeaway with Blake Martinez. Like you're looking at the greats and if, if you if you want to pay Blake Martinez, and if he's leading, which he is leading the NFL, and you're comparing him to Luke Heekley and all these other guys, I mean, for me, look at what Blake Martinez does in coverage. And if that's, for me, that's where I look at Gutekunst, and I, fi- I I think that's what he wants in Oren Burks. I think, so if Burks becomes that guy, yeah, I wouldn't mind Blake Martinez being a number two, but I think he's going to command a ton of money. I think this the tackles again, are misleading. I think that Kenny Clark also assists in that. Um, There's definitely hustle plays. And that's not to say that he doesn't have the drive or the passion. But I mean, you you go back and watch the tape and he gets burned left and right in in coverage. He just doesn't know how to. And so that's for me, if you're going to crown him, then he needs to be well-rounded in everything. And I'm sorry if I'm going to be that that negative guy that's looking at his blemishes, but it's a big blemish. And granted, his tackles can make up for it, but that's the biggest thing is the middle of our field right now. And I think a t- teams do have a blueprint. If they're able to stop our offense, all they have to do is just attack our middle. And if Blake Martinez was an all pro guy, then that wouldn't be a concern. And that's that's my only thing. Geronimo Allison, I think he's on his way out. I again, I think he's got a connection with Rodgers. Uh there's just I don't know. I look at Kumaro, I look at Lazard, I look at Devonte Adams, and I look at Marcos veldes Scantling, and they they have it. They have it. They have yep. something. I don't see that in Jaron Wiles, which is shocking because last year he was on his way of having a thousand yard season before he went down with that core groin injury. But yeah, I I think Shepherd, you got to give him a little bit more time. Uh, I'm really excited to see what we have in Ryan Grant. I mean, in 2017, he caught 45 passes for 573 yards and four touchdowns. So he's able, he had a 12.7 yard per catch that um, that year as well. And last season, he started off strong with 24 catches for 246 yards and a touchdown over the first five games before his production tailed off. So I think he he can produce. So I'm, I'm curious to see what he brings, but I want us to free Kumaro. I think his route running, his ability, it's time. Hashtag free Kumaro. I want to see more of that. Uh, he embarrassed Marlon Humphreys in preseason when we played him with the Ravens. He's embarrassing people. I, I just, uh, he's hes the guy that I feel like if he can stay healthy, I think he could be that uh, Julian Edelman type of guy for the Green Bay Packers.
1: But I think you mentioned it, you know, each of our guys has, and, you know, maybe that's where Allison kind of falls out of the group, is each one of them is doing something, you know, has their niche, I guess, that they've carved out. You know, like you said, you, you called, you know, Kumron is his route running. You know, almost a technician when it comes to that. You have Lazard and his leaping ability. You have Devontae, obviously, being Devontae. You have MVS who can just take the top off the defense with his speed. You know, his yards per catch average is insane. Top six all-time, or could be top six all-time in Packers history if he keeps going. And, you know, so guys like that. And then you kind of, you know, where does GMO fit in there? And I, I think that's why I, I think I was concerned Especially where we have where we have now, and then you add in Ryan Grant, I feel like Gmo ends up being that odd guy out.
0: Yeah, I think outside of, and I think it'd be interesting to look because in, in a, two, a couple of weeks from now, for our next bearded duo session, we'll we'll talk about you know after the halfway mark, you know we'll talk about our uh, oh man, we didn't do a uh, the pardon interrupted this year. No, I forgot about didn't. that. Oh man. So maybe we do uh the part interrupted for our bearded duo session where we talk about you know sleeper bust breakout MVP for the halfway point, but yeah, I,
1: we never we never did our own, our bearded duo fifty three man roster I believe
0: we did not. Uh, Damn, you, you've been you've been a busy man. Uh, but we, <laughs> we, we we've been uh, we've been getting together. This is the second bearded duo session, which I'm super excited to have. Uh, I think what I'd like to do another episode with you is focusing on how has Gutekunst transformed this roster? I mean, who did we have before? Who do we have now? And I think that continues to happen. And so for, again, for the, the naysayers that, that we didn't get a wide receiver, or if we don't get another one before Tuesday, that it's an, uh, I'm going to take, uh, Jared Masuga, uh, our boy, who's part of the unknown Packers podcast an epic failure. I think we're that's short-sighted. We're missing everything that Gutekunst has done. He brought in, LeFleur took a gamble on a guy, even though he probably was the more highly coveted. I think he was the more uh, unique type of coach that just, again, peaked, luckily, Mark Murphy and Brian Gutekunst's curiosity and then that connection. So I think the biggest thing right now is Gutekunst, the leave uh, no stone unturned, he did that with McCarthy to LeFleur. But as we wrap up our second bearded duo session... What would you like to any sage wise words from the beautiful musky smell of your body Jeremiah Wayman <laughs> so we did bellows of the bay for our first bearded <laughs> duo and now we're doing I miss your musk and your body so for everyone that stayed till the bitter end <laughs> uh, we appreciate you it, and, was uh, well it. It, was it was well worth it It was well worth it so Packers are six and one Jeremiah give me give me your final. Final last words before uh, we take a little hiatus and we reconvene in two weeks with uh, you and I for the Bearded Bearded Duo Sessions number 3.
1: I think so far, like you said, is looking like the smartest hire of the, what do you call it, you know, uh, McVay-Gruden tree so far. I mean... Gruden? You You mean uh, Shanahan? Well, Jay Gruden, technically. Oh, Jay Gruden, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, That Um, is
0: true. Yeah, that is true.
1: I mean, yeah, you look at it right now, Jay Gruden who's fired... He had uh, McVay, Lafleur, yep. Zach Taylor, I think, was working under him too.
0: And Shanahan. Right? And Shanahan yeah.
1: all underneath him who are now, let's see here. Well, I can't, what are the Rams? Four and three maybe. But then, you know, you got your other two coaches at uh, seven and O oh and six and one. So that's pretty.
0: <laughs> and Zach Taylor's got the Cincinnati Bengals, but he is the head coaching. He is the head coach for the Bengals. So that's kind of crazy that those four all have jobs and Jay Gruden doesn't.
1: When I think Zach Taylor to me was an outlier though, because he technically, in my mind, was a Philbin alkalite Ooh. oh yeah, that's Because right. he was the offensive coordinator uh, for Joe Philbin in Miami, so I wasn't necessarily ready to crown him a part of that. Even though I think he, you know, he did, he was offensive coordinator for Sean McVay, but yep. you got to go back to what his what he truly came from, and that's Joe Philbin, which uh, that's why I wouldn't have trusted that hire. So,
0: well, we can't end on that. So you you've got LeFleur, so Lafleur being the smartest hire give me so I'll do my pregame episode with Nebels, but how how you feeling uh, going in 6 and 1 does that trend continue
1: oh, I think so I think honestly whether whether or not I know you guys were you're you personally were kind of jacked to have the Rodgers Mahomes bowl per, I'm actually fine with it I think you know I think I said early in this episode you know stacking wins right now is the most important thing you have the 49ers undefeated you have the Saints looking yeah. Pretty damn good, they even do. without Drew Brees. You know they didn't have Kamara last week, and they still took down the Bears pretty handily. Yep. And and then you also have uh, you know the Cowboys are kind of hanging around. I don't know what they're doing. They look good one week, bad the other week. So you know I think to get our oh Seattle, sorry I forgot about Seattle. Yep. yep. But to 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 really get to that point, like and Rodgers says it every year, home field advantage or at least the buy is is got, got to be uh, paramount as far as. Getting to that point, and so I, you know, that would be great TV. Obviously, Sunday night, Mahomes, Rogers, Mahomes, and they get to play that stupid <laughs> State Farm commercial three thousand times. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all about for the win, and uh, you know, I think the only thing, obviously, like we, I think I've said every week going into the game, is you know, keep an eye on LaShawn McCoy, keep an eye on Damien Williams, keep an eye on Daryl Williams. Those guys have been, you know, any running back is kind of has of done whatever they want against our defense as of yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so keep an eye on those guys, and then uh, Tyree Kill, of course, is uh, you know dangerous anytime he touches the ball. But I'm hoping, hoping Jair can shut him down,
0: and hopefully uh, Savage, him being back in practice, that bodes well for his return. Uh, I, I, I'm curious to see what he does, what the defense looks like with Savage back in there, because now we've gotten a taste of him not in there for two and a half weeks. Ah, uh, when you texted that out uh, in our UPP group text uh, of stacking wins, and, and I, I, you know, I, I, I did, I, I, was taken aback. I was like, oh, huh, interesting. I, I want to see Mahomes and Rogers because I want to see how this defense plays up against Mahomes. I think it'd be good tape to have where we can learn from that. But the more I thought about it, you're right, stacking wins. But also, I just I look at Pettin and I look at Lafleur as guys that are very transparent. Uh, reflective. And I think they're always going to try to get better. I think they have a growth mindset. I think Kunst does as well. So the structure of this team, I'm okay with. Mahomes is one of my favorite current players outside of Aaron Rodgers. So I was bummed about that. And I wanted to see what our defense could do against Mahomes. I guess the biggest thing for me is that, you know, I see us Waller and uh, Jacobs explode. And I look at Galladay and and, I, and yeah, and Um. Yeah. And well, no. I'm. I I look at who we've played against so far and how they've exploded against us. Yeah. Yeah. And and what's going to happen with with Mahomes? What would he do? And so that for me was I wanted to see our defense against Mahomes and see how we're uh, how we can stack up against them. But I completely agree. In the NFC, you need wins because I think the Saints are for real. Seattle's for real. I'm not all on board with San Francisco. I think that uh, they've got. Personally, I think that they're a very fortunate undefeated team, and I'm excited to play them. I can't wait to play the 49ers, but I would say right now I'm looking at the Saints and the Seahawks as the team that scares me the most, or the teams that scare me the most in the NFC that could stand in the Packers' way. But then again, outside of Belichick, uh, no one scares me to be quite <laughs> honest. But yeah, well, thank you all for tuning in to Bearded Duo Sessions number two. Uh, we're gonna keep this train a rolling it's, it's great to, it's great to do this again. Uh, second episode. It just feels right. Uh, watching the game last Sunday, miss missing your musk and your body. And I can smell it through the microphone right now. So, uh, can't wait to, uh, get this back going again in two weeks for probably our part in the interrupted episode, talking about breakout sleepers or surprises, if you will, bus and, and MVP. But, uh, all right, until next time, I am your co host, Bryce Christensen. I'm Jeremiah Wayman. And this is the Unknown Packers Podcast. Thank you so much for following the Unknown Packers Podcast. Make sure that you're tuning in to TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Google Play, Stitcher, and a variety of other podcast platforms. Don't forget to say, hey, Alexa, play the Unknown Packers Podcast. That's right. We're good friends with Alexa. Make sure you're checking out our website, theunknownpackers.com, as well as Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and Reddit, The Unknown Packers Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I'm Bryce Christensen, and this is The Unknown Packers Podcast.